This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you cannot have any. And today, people. we are key. <laughs> way to, way to uh, mix it up with the, with the slogan. Thank That's you. good. Thank keeping, you. It, keeping it alive. Uh, today, we are talking about beans, and we are eating beans. And uh, I have, in fact, cooked some beans, and you can't have any. It's a I mean, big Molly, old kettle can, of beans over some. here. Yes. It's, uh, it's a fine kettle of fish. Yes. Meaning beans. But we're, we're actually, I'm, I'm going to compare beans to fish later, so. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, so stay tuned for that excitement. I can't wait. <laughs> so, why did we decide to do this episode, Matthew? Well, I think we've both had some challenges with bean cookery in the past. Well, and I feel like, you know, among circles of food-loving people, I think that there's a certain amount of righteousness around the idea of cooking your own dried beans as opposed to buying cans. That's true. And I I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure. Even though I I will, I'm telling you people, my pantry will never be without some canned beans. They're very important. They're a great staple. Oh, yeah. I've I've canned pinto beans all the time, other kinds. But yeah, but we wanted to crack the, uh, the, crack the dried bean nut. Yeah. And wow, we're really mixing up metaphors today. This is going to be an exciting show. <laughs> yeah, the dried, the dried bean fish monkey nut. Anyway, we, we wanted to, uh, to, to devote a whole show to dried beans and uh, see what we could do with them, see how it all worked out, and, um, you know, talk a little bit about why, why so many people believe dried beans are the way to go. Okay, so, so to be clear, we're talking about the, the most common category of dried beans Faziolus beans. Whoa, say it again. Faziolus. Wow. Sounds kind of like areola, it doesn't it? Say it again. Faziolus. Uh, and those are basically all of the normal beanie beans, like your pinto beans, cannellini beans, great northern beans, navy beans, not garbanzo beans or lentils or soybeans. What are those? There are other species. They're, they're closely related. They're just not that species. All, all the all your, all your basic happy beans in a pot. Why are they happy? I don't know. Uh, 
What is going on today? <laughs> okay, last night I, I went I went out with some friends and uh, we ate. We went Matthew to six. Different, ate some happy brownies. We I, we ate some happy brownies and and then went to six different restaurants and had General Tso's chicken. Um, so, so the, the, the lifestyle you imagine I lead for, for one night coincided with what I was actually doing. Mm-hmm. And, and he's feeling the effects today. Hence the happy beans. <laughs> yes. Happy pot. These beans. are not, these are not actually happy beans. But anyway, <laughs> you were going to say, I don't know what I was going to say. You were talking about fazioles beans, beans. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, you know, y- your beans. Yes. As opposed to lentils, garbanzos. Things that I guess maybe can also fit in like a, a pea category. Yeah, I, I mean, not, like, not that you can't cook those things the same way, but right. Um, but these are these are ones when I think beans, I think of these kinds of beans, which okay. come in many many varieties. They do, they do, and and for this episode, Matthew and I tried cooking a total of three different kinds of beans that that we purchased dry. Matthew cooked. I cooked uh, vaquero beans from Rancho Gordo. And I made some cannellini beans that I bought at my local grocery store, Ballard Market, where the, the bulk department has a pretty nice fast turnover. So I thought the beans would be pretty fresh. So wait, why is fresh important? Well, so dried beans, just like everything really, even though they're dried, they do... Um, they have a shelf life in a way. Um, so, so do we all. So do we all, indeed. The facts of life. Um, dried beans, uh, you want them to still be fairly fresh. Yes, they're going to be dried, but you want them to, you know, to have been dried fairly recently to be on the young side, because as they get older, they take longer to cook, they get tougher. And so it's important if you're going to be buying your beans, for instance, in the bulk section of a grocery store, it's important to go to a store where you know that there's a pretty quick turnover in the inventory, uh, or it's important to, to buy from somebody where you can ask them when these beans were dried or how old they are. Um, I like to buy beans from Rancho Gordo. RanchoGordo.com. Your, your vaquero beans. And that's where I got the second kind of bean that I cooked, which is called a Good Mother Stollard bean. It's this beautiful spotted brown bean that's sold by, uh, by Rancho Gordo. Is it sold by like an old lady wearing a bonnet? No. So is there any way to <laughs> tell for sure if the beans are bu- you're buying are fresh or old? I don't know, Matthew. Is there? I, no, I, I don't think there oh, is. I, I was thought wondering. that was one of those questions where you. No, were it wasn't. One, it wasn't me. one of those like like cross examination questions. I, I really i I think there isn't, but I don't know. For I sure. wonder if one of our listeners might know. Yeah. If you do know of a way to to tell the age of your dried bean, I think let I've us know. heard that you like look at the eyeball and you see if it's like glistening and and they smell like the I think ocean. That's fish. Oh. So, you know, before we get into talking about how we cooked these beans and, and what they tasted like and what worked and what didn't, um, you know, why is it that a lot of people say we should all be cooking beans from dried as opposed to just cracking open a can? Why? Well, well here's what I've heard and can sort of confirm, although like we said, we've said we both like canned beans. Um, you, can, uh, you get better flavor because they don't go through an intensive canning process that could leave them tasting metallic. And you can get your flavorings into the beans while they cook. So like I cooked a batch of vaquero beans here with some onions and cilantro and a little lard um, that they wouldn't do at the, uh, you know, Bush's Beans factory. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I get a more, a more flavorful bean theoretically yeah, by doing and, that. And also, you know, the variety of beans that we, at least in, in most grocery stores in the States, can, can buy in the canned form is pretty narrow. There are not a That's lot true. of different kinds of beans. So if you want to get a, you know, an interesting bean, you pretty much got to cook it yourself. So, um, 
So let's talk a little bit about the to soak or not to soak yeah, question. Yeah, let's get into that. Because, um, so as far as I understand, uh, there are two different purported reasons for soaking your beans. One, of course, is supposedly to remove the gaseous stuff that makes you fart. I don't think it works. I don't think it works either. And the other thing is also just to sort of soften them uh, and shorten the cooking time. It what do you think about this? It definitely shortens the cooking time, but you have to remember to soak them. I don't soak beans. I don't buy it. I don't think it improves the end product, and I never remember to soak them. Well, and these vaquero beans you cook today, is that the right name for them? Yes. Okay. And these are beautiful beans, by the way. The vaquero beans, they look like little Holstein cows, with and, white with black spots. And we'll talk a little bit more about how you can get these at the end of the show. So hang in there, everybody. Yes. Um, you know, these beans, you told me you had actually had these sitting in the cupboard for a while, and, yeah. and you still didn't soak them. No. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I just like to live on the edge that way. Okay. So, you know, I think that there are two different schools of thought, and if you don't soak them, you might want to be prepared to cook them a little bit longer, but I, I've never found that the soaking makes me any less gassy. No, me neither. And... uh so if you want to be stereotypical, there's like two different schools of bean cookery. There's the Mexican, where they don't soak, and European, where they do soak. And Whoa. Uh, I've never heard this before. Oh, I think, I think have it's you, true. Have you tested this with like real field work and research? You mean, did I like go to Mexico and Europe and with a microphone asking people about how, what they do with their I beans? I think we should do that for our next episode. I think that would be great. I want to. I want to see go you guys. We're going to Mexico and Europe now. <laughs> That's right. I want to. <laughs> I want to go to uh, to Puerto Vallarta mm-hmm. and ask a lot of people questions about frijoles. So, how did we cook these things once we soaked or didn't soak? So I prefer the Russ Parsons method of bean cookery. Russ Parsons being the uh, food editor of the LA Times and author of several cookbooks. And it is far from foolproof. I did overcook some beans slightly and undercook some beans slightly. Um, I don't think there's any foolproof bean cooking method. But this one's as close as I've ever gotten. You put some beans in a pot with water to cover and some salt. You bring it to a boil. You put it in a 250-degree oven check it after about an hour and 15 minutes. Did you say 250? 250. Okay. Uh, check it after an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I have a stupid question. Yeah. I zoned out while you were talking about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do this. Uh, I never listen to you, Matthew. Did you say that you brought the water to a boil? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, with the beans in it. And slide it in the oven, check it after an hour and 15, maybe add a little wa- more water if it needs it. They could be done by then. And they'll probably be done within a half hour after that. Hmm. Okay. And that's very similar to the method that I used, which is the the John Thorne method. John Thorne, um, wonderfully prolific food writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this recipe is out of his book. Is it Pot on the Fire, I think? Yeah, I think so. Um, y- you should, uh, if you care about beans, you should read his essay. It's, it is very interesting and illuminating. He recommends that I cook my beans in a flask. Which, alas, my friends, I do not have at home. Oh, come on. I mean, unless you mean like a little flask to put some booze in. Yeah, like a hip flask. <laughs> I'll just, beans cooked in a hip flask. I'll just feed the beans one by one down the <laughs> neck of the hip flask. That is dedication. That is the kind of bean cookery that we, that we should get people back to. <laughs> and, and don't empty the hip flask first, either. It should be, it should be full of scotch these, and these backwash. These are going to be like pickled beans. <laughs> full of scotch and backwash. Mmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so what John Thorne has you do is similar to the Russ Parsons method, only the temperature in the oven's a little lower. It's 200, not 250. And he has you soak your beans first. He wants you to soak them for 8 to 12 hours. And he has you strain the beans out of the soaking liquid, put the beans in a pot with some seasonings, olive oil, hot chili flakes, salt, garlic. Meanwhile, you're bringing the, the soaking liquid to a boil. And then you dump the hot soaking liquid into the pot with the beans, put the lid on it, put it in the oven, and he says four to five hours. Okay, before we get to the result of that cooking method for you, I think we both said something controversial and just kind of screwed on by it. Um, we screwed on by I, it. I don't know what Whoa. I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> Whoa. I had no idea we were screwing just then. <laughs> Why do people always say that to me? Yeah, Um, (laughs) uh, we both said we put salt in the beans before cooking them. Yes, which is also a controversial thing to do. Let's talk about this. Yes, sorry. What? <laughs> I said also when you had already pointed out that it was controversial. So uh, yes. let me just back. Hold on. We agree vehemently that it's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about that. So I I, have, I hear all the time that if you salt beans before they're cooked, it will make them tough or yeah, it will make them... Yeah, I've heard that it toughens the skins. Yeah, it's not true. It's really not true. So, so people give it a try, even if you're a little bit skeptical. Um, you will find, I really do think, that when you salt your beans from the beginning, that your beans have a much bigger flavor, that the actual pot liquor the the bean juice has a much better flavor um i am a believer yeah i think have you uh have you ever forgotten to salt your pasta water and then you take a bite of the pasta and you're like wah and then you realize just how important it is to salt your pasta water i feel like it it's that important to salt your bean water wow bold statement here from <laughs> matthew amster burton <laughs> Well, you know, so let's talk about the results of our bean cookery, because I said to Matthew when I came over today, I, I, I was, I'm feeling a little put out, to tell you the truth. I'm feeling a little put out about beans, because I want to be able to say, oh, cooking dried beans is so easy. Everybody should do it. Put away those cans of beans. You can do this. When the truth is, I have ruined many pounds, many pounds of dried beans by overcooking them or cooking them for like eight hours and they still didn't get soft like i don't understand it's it is i i want to i want to be able to empower you people let me tell you what i went through yesterday what happened yesterday god so about these cannellini beans i followed john thorne's directions to a t and and the man is very thorough he writes a beautiful recipe i soaked my beans for 12 hours i soaked them um I put them in the water right before I went to bed and I, I pulled them out, you know, a couple hours after I woke up. So I soaked my beans for 12 hours. I strained them. I brought the liquid to a boil. I put it all in the oven at 200 and I checked my beans every hour. And he said four to five hours. And when I checked them at the three hour mark, they were literally mush, like disgusting. Disgusting. That's the other thing. They can like st- all of a sudden, you know, they can they can go from being obviously undercooked to perfectly cooked. Yeah, I find that the the transition is very quick. So I feel like let me tell you what happened the second time. What happened the second time? Okay. So then I got uh, a, a bag of good mother Stollard beans, which I mentioned earlier, out of my cupboard. 
and uh, I knew that they were about a year old. I wanted to soak them at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I tried soaking them for just two hours. And then from there on, I picked up the John Thorne method, put them in the oven, 200, whatever, all that stuff. And after five hours, they were still crunchy. And this was one in the morning, this morning, and I pulled them out of the oven and went to bed. Wow. So I've made these John Thorne beans once before when they've really worked. I've probably made these beans a total, I've, I followed his recipe maybe four or five times. It's okay. only worked for me beautifully once. Wow. But those beans were so delicious. What, what was I special love, about them? What I love about his method is that uh, it's so slow and gentle. And it's almost like you're just coaxing the beans into absorbing the liquid. And wow. so what you wind up with is this beautifully creamy, tender, full-flavored bean. Do you talk to them while they cook? Sometimes I whisper sweet nothings <laughs> under the lid when I check on them. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, I love the idea of it. And I'm just wondering if maybe what I need to be doing is kind of doing a similar technique, but on the stove over very low heat. So mm-hmm. it almost never bubbles. Maybe with a flame tamer. And maybe with a flame tamer. I love saying flame tamer. A flame tamer, flame tamer. And checking it maybe every 15 minutes. Well, I think it's like making bread. There's no one method that's inherently good or bad. It's going to take practice no matter what method mm-hmm. you use. I mean, okay, there are some methods that are inherently bad. Like, you know, if, if you shoot a, if you don't soak the beans and you just shoot them with a flamethrower until they're blackened, that's a bad method. What if you shoot them with a flame tamer? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I'm also, so sorry. I said that was a bad method, but it sounds awesome. So, you know, all this to say, I really do think it's worth I do think it's worth the trouble to cook your beans from dried. Um, Oh, so now you've become one of those people. No, no, I do think it's worth the trouble, but I'm never not going to have a can of beans around. I mean, let's keep it real here. I love my cans of beans, and there's... there's, Do you have a can on you right now in case you have to, like, (laughs) hop a freight train? (laughs) I don't. I don't. But anyway, if you, like me, really love... I do like you. (laughs) This is a very... Uh, Let's be supportive. Okay, (laughs) thanks. If you, like me... Really like a good pot of beans. Like I will happily sit down to a wonderful bowl of beans for lunch. Like I just think that's delicious. Do you think it's worth it for people to, you know, to do a little trial and error to to learn I d- to cook I do think dried so. beans at home? And I think I, I think you I mean the, the methods we described are pretty similar. You know, you get it you get it going on the stove, you cook it slowly, either in the oven or on the stovetop. Um I've heard slow cooker beans can be really good, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's something I, I think we're saying. It's okay if if you're kind of unsure of your bean cookery. You don't have to listen to people it's who say okay. it's so easy. Anyone can do it because it does take some practice. I think anyone can learn to do it. This is turning into a real downer of a show. No, no, no. That was my pep talk. Oh, jeez. You don't you don't show up at college and like write your thesis on the first day. You have to um, eat some brownies and. <laughs> And Eat maybe go to chicken, class and write. hang out with your friends. Uh, and then you write a thesis. And then you make some beans. Mm-hmm. Metaphor. Then you sweet, learn. You, you learn beans. about metaphor and and similes and tamesis. Tamesis. Do so, you mean? Do you mean like mitosis? <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Tamesis is like it's like the mitosis of words. Okay, so here's what we're going to put on the website. 
We're going to put Russ Parsons' cooking method. Are we going to put John Thorne's cooking method also? We're going to put some bean cooking method that sure, we feel reasonably sure. confident about. We're uh, going to put uh, Rick Bayless's recipe for quick cowboy beans, which I make all the time. You can make it with canned or dried beans, and it's really good either way. We're also going to put up a link to the Rancho Gordo website, Rancho Gordo being that vendor of really wonderful and often very interesting bean varieties. They're out of California, but you can order them online, and they'll ship them wherever. They've got some crazy good stuff. Really good stuff. And we're going to, what else are we going to put up on the website? Oh, and I was also going to say, hey, if you've got a pretty good farmer's market in your area, very often, especially I think in the late summer, um, at least around here, some of the stands have really delicious freshly dried beans. And those yes. are really a pleasure to cook. So try try checking your farmer's market. I'm, uh, <laughs> how do we end the show again? Uh, I'm... Mom, Thank, no, no that's me. the beginning of the show. You want to start this all over? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's literally full of beans. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Um, <sighs> no. Hmm, I know beans are legumes. Great. I'm glad we settled that.